Episode number 543 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. That song you're hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And today, we got a lot to do. It might not be the longest episode of Locked On New York Rangers that we ever put together here because uh, just kind of a crazy week, and I definitely want to get this episode live before the Rangers are back in action tonight against the Capitals. So we're going to talk about that matchup against the Caps. We're also going to be talking about the Zach Jones, Patrick Nemeth, controversy, I think I can call it, because obviously, you know, Nemeth is back in the fold now, and Zach Jones is back in the AHL, much to the chagrin of a lot of Ranger fans, so I'm going to talk about that situation for sure. Rangers have also broken out some new line combinations in practice. We're going to break those down as well, and I'm also going to mention the Tyler Toffoli trade and how that could affect the Rangers, and you'll see what I mean when we get to that subject, but first, like I said, I wanted to start talking about Uh, The Zach Jones, Patrick Nemeth situation. For anybody who might not be aware, Zach Jones was sent back down to the AHL. Patrick Nemeth has been back for one game. Uh, He played in the Rangers' most recent game, a 2-1 victory in Ottawa against the Senators. And I understand there's a lot of Ranger fans who are upset by this, and I totally get where you're coming from. Uh, Zach Jones has overall, I think, in 18 career games with the Rangers, eight this season, 10 last season, looked pretty good. There's times where, you know, his youth shows, his inexperience shows, there might be a miscue here and there. But for the most part, when you watch this guy go about his business, it seems like he just feels like he belongs at the NHL level, and that translates into how he plays on the ice. And on top of that, you know, you've got this exciting, young defensive pairing, third pairing of Braden Schneider and Zach Jones, and they look darn good playing together uh, over the last couple of games before Patrick Nemeth came back, so I think a lot of Ranger fans naturally got really excited there, and oh, you know, look look at this, we finally have our third defense pairing figured out, and uh, lo and behold, Patrick Nemeth back in the fold, and that means that Zach Jones, at least for the time being, is going to be the odd man out. And again, I get the frustration of Ranger fans. There's a part of me that wants to see Zach Jones and Braden Schneider out there together every single night. But I think the Rangers, they brought in Patrick Nemeth with the idea that he was somebody that could solidify the bottom pairing and kind of be like a stopgap defenseman on this team while the Rangers were waiting for, you know, some of their other guys to come along and develop and prove that they're ready for NHL roles. A good problem to have is something that the Rangers currently have right now, and that's the fact that, you know, a couple of young defensemen, I think, have shown very well for themselves in the NHL. I mean, certainly Braden Schneider, and I think also Zach Jones to a lesser degree. So the Rangers have some young defensemen who are, quote-unquote, ahead of schedule right now, and that means that Patrick Nemeth has kind of been vilified by this fan base. And, And to be fair, it's not completely unwarranted because I don't think he's had a great season or anything like that. But Patrick Nemeth is now in the crosshairs of Ranger fans that want to see Zach Jones and Braden Schneider playing together on that third defense pairing, kind of holding down the four and, uh, you know, turning the page into uh, the next era of Ranger hockey here, so to speak. I mean, there's so many good young defensemen on this team, and it gets to a point where Patrick Nemeth becomes somewhat expendable. For the time being, I'm going to give the Rangers the benefit of the doubt here. I'm going to allow them, you know, again, there's part of me that really wants to see Zach Jones uh, playing with Braden Schneider every single night. But I think the Rangers, again, they committed to Patrick Nemeth in this role. They gave him a three-year contract. I still think, and it's something that I said even when they signed Nemeth, that he won't end up playing all three of those seasons on the New York Rangers. I think he'll be traded uh, long before that contract ever runs out. 
partially because, you know, I, I think there's probably going to be another team that's in the same situation as the Rangers just looking to acquire a veteran defenseman. And more importantly, I think uh, a lot of these young Ranger defensemen are simply going to eclipse Patrick Nemeth if they have not already and ultimately make him expendable. And I am going to somewhat generously give Patrick Nemeth and give the Rangers the benefit of the doubt here. I think he deserves another chance. You know, he's a veteran defenseman who, you know, has had a solid career for himself. And I think for the most part, throughout the majority of his career at least, he's been kind of a league-wide average defenseman. So I, I think he deserves another chance here. He's, he's had a tough season. He's had to deal with some injuries. He's had to deal with a non-COVID-related illness. He's had to deal with getting COVID itself. We saw the effect that it had on Mika Zibanejad last season. And Mika Zibanejad is a superstar. And we saw, you know, what a shell he was of himself at the beginning of last season. And, of course, after the season was over, we kind of suspected it all along. But we found out definitively that the reason why Mika was struggling so much in the first half of last season was because of his bout with COVID. And that's what it did to a superstar player. Now, Patrick Nemeth is not a superstar player, and obviously it has affected him in a negative way. But here's the way I look at this. The Rangers have played 50 games, having a nice season, obviously, 32-13-5. They have 32 regular season games to go, including tonight's home matchup against the Washington Capitals. Puck drops at 7 p.m. for that. But the way I look at this is Patrick Nemeth is on the clock. He's got to come back, and he's got to play at a higher level than he has throughout the first, you know, more than half of the regu Rangers' regular season here. And he's got to show that he's the Rangers' best option come playoff time. Again, something we've talked about in the past here, the Rangers are in a nice situation in the fact that they are fairly comfortably in the playoff picture right now. You know, the first team that is out of the playoffs is the Detroit Red Wings. They have 52 points. The Rangers have 69 points. So obviously the Rangers have some breathing room and they can afford to kind of, uh, you know, let Patrick Nemeth try to find his game, try to play his best foot forward, try to play better hockey than we've seen him play uh, thus far in his Ranger career. If he can do that, and he can reestablish himself as a, a valuable veteran presence on a Ranger blue line that does not have a lot of veterans, then okay, then I think he can be the sixth defenseman going into the playoffs. But if he can't do that, and you know we get another five games into the schedule here, or another 10 games into the schedule here, and Patrick Nemeth is struggling and struggling and becoming a liability, or, or rather, you know, continuing to show himself as a liability, then I think a serious conversation needs to be had here, and you really got to think about bringing Zach Jones back up, putting him into that lineup next to Braden Schneider there, and basically never looking back. And, you know, it, it's a tricky situation. You don't want to embarrass Patrick Nemeth. He's a veteran player, but if there's six defensemen that are better options, then those are the six defensemen that the Rangers are going to have to roll with. Again, I am happy to give ne Patrick Nemeth another chance here. It's been a difficult season. Something else about Nemeth that nobody ever really talks about, and I'm not making excuses for him. I'm simply stating a fact here. Yes, he has struggled this season, but he has had to deal with the challenge of basically having a revolving door as far as who his defense partner is going to be on any given night. I mean, think about how many different defensemen Patrick Nemeth has played with. And I'm not making any excuses here. I mean, look, he's the veteran defenseman, right? He's got to be able to roll with the punches and just deal with that and play good hockey no matter who he's paired off with. But, I mean, to just kind of run through the names real quick here as far as everybody he's played with, I mean, you've got Jared Tenorti, you've got Libor Hayek, you've got Zach Jones, You've got Nils Lundqvist, you've got Braden Schneider, you've got 
Jacob Shruba, in certain situations in the game, you know, a lot of times they're out there killing penalties together, or, you know, if the Rangers have a one-goal lead late in the game, a lot of times the two of them will be out there together in that situation as well. And again, he's got to be able to handle this, but it, it's a lot. He's played with a lot of different defense partners, and a lot of them have very unique skill sets uh, from one another. So, you know, again, I'm I'm okay with the Rangers giving Nemeth a chance here. It's not like they're barely clinging to their playoff lives and they have to make him a healthy scratch. But again, he's got to show something. He's got to play better than he's played so far this season. And I think if, you know, three or four or five games go by here and Nemeth is showing himself to be a liability and he's just struggling, he can't keep up with the pace of play, then I think the move probably has to be made where you bring Zach Jones back up, you stick him into that spot next to Braden Schneider in the lineup, and you pretty much just never look back. I mean, the future is now, basically, is, is the situation we'd be looking at. And if that does happen, then I think there could also be a situation where the Rangers make a trade. You know, we've talked about how we expect them to at least make one or two trades. Maybe as part of a trade, you include Patrick Nemeth in that deal. Now, of course, a rebuilding team is not probably going to be all that interested in Patrick Nemeth, but... It, depending on how, you know, what's going in what direction and what the Rangers are trading and what they're acquiring, you might be able to get away with if you're the Rangers, including Patrick Nemeth in that deal and basically saying to the team that you're dealing with that, okay, you guys take on his salary, you pay him, we don't really need him anymore because we've got six guys who are better. It happened quicker than we thought that it would. We saw a somewhat similar situation a couple years ago when the Rangers traded Mark Stahl and basically just dumped his contract, traded him to Detroit along with a second round draft pick in order to, uh, you know, again, clear up some cap space and, uh, you know, move on from Mark Stahl. I think that's kind of the situation the Rangers are in right now. Again, I'm fine with Nemeth getting a chance. And for what it's worth, I thought he got a pretty solid game in his first uh, game action playing the Ottawa Senators. That was his first game back into the lineup uh, the other day over the weekend. Um, so, yep, give him a chance, but he's going to have a short leash because Zach Jones, again, played pretty well for himself and uh, seems to have a bright future for himself in this league. And we're going to continue talking about the new Ranger line combinations in just a second. We'll get into some other things as well. Definitely going to preview tonight's matchup against the Washington Capitals. But first, just want to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.net. Football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest trends, odds, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC odds, right into the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, and just want to thank everybody for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. Nightly... Nightly recaps of every NHL game with analysis from our local experts. It is free and available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so as promised, we're going to go ahead and break down the Rangers' new line combinations in practice this week. And we've got the top line staying the same. You've got Mika Zibanejad centering Chris Kreider on the left wing, Alexi Lafreniere on the right wing. You've also got in the second line, Ryan Strom centering Artemi Panarin and Dryden Hunt. 
The third line is Filipino centering Greg McCaig and Julian Gauthier. And then the fourth line, Kevin Rooney centering Barclay Goodrow and Ryan Reeves. And then you've got Morgan Barron skating as an extra. And let's actually start with Barron because I know a lot of fans have been uh, kind of clamoring for him to either play or get sent down to the minors. You don't want this guy rotting away in the press box for too long. And this is something that actually came up during a Gerard Gallant press conference just the other day. Friend of the show, Vince Mercogliano, happened to ask Gerard Gallant if sitting Morgan Barron for too long was becoming a concern, and Gallant responded by saying, I think you're going to see Barron sooner than later. So a little hint that Barron's going to probably work his way back into the lineup for the Rangers as far as who comes out. I mean, I would think probably Greg McCaig. Either him or maybe Julian Gauthier comes out of the lineup. I would imagine it would almost have to be one of those two players. I don't think you're taking anybody else out of this lineup. I mean, Dryden Hunt, I suppose, could be in the running, but uh, Gallant seems to be a fan of his physicality and what he brings to the table, and obviously Hunt... Uh, at least tonight, it looks like, is going to be playing in a top six role alongside Artemi Panarin and Ryan Strom. But yeah, I mean, with Morgan Barron, I think for sure it's time to either put him into the Ranger lineup or send him down to the AHL and let him continue to get more some more seasoning with the Hartford Wolfpack. And, you know, the Rangers do play three games in the next four days. So I would imagine, I mean, at least one of these games, Morgan Barron's going to have to be active for one of them. I think he will be. If not, then I think at that point, it becomes very, very fair to question why he's even still on the Ranger roster, you know, sitting in the press box every single game. But I think, you know, like Galant said here, I think we're going to see Barron sooner rather than later. As far as the rest of the lines, I mean, the top line has looked good. And I think Alexi Lafreniere, despite not having any points, you know, in recent games, has benefited from playing with Chris Kreider and Mika Zibanejad. It still feels like Lafreniere sooner or later is going to sort of join the party on that top line and start getting onto the score sheet a little bit more often than he has been this season. I, I do think eventually that will happen. I mean, how could it not? You're playing with Mika Zibanejad and Chris Kreider, two players who have performed at an all-star level. Chris Kreider, of course, was a member of the all-star team, and actually Mika was too. He just couldn't participate in the game itself. Sooner or later, you won't be able to help but see an uptick in your offensive production. So I do think uh, the Rangers should stay patient with Alexi Lafreniere playing with those two guys. As far as the second line goes, we've been seeing Barclay Goodrow playing on the right wing for the Rangers there, alongside, of course, Ryan Strom and Artemi Panarin. Goudreau now drops down to the fourth line. You've got Dryden Hunt on the second line with the Rangers. And on one hand, you know, it is fun to see guys like Dryden Hunt and even Barclay Goodrow uh, overachieve and end up carving out a bigger role for themselves than we thought they, they were going to get. I mean, certainly with Dryden Hunt, we weren't even sure that he was going to be on the NHL roster this season. And with Barclay Goodrow, I mean, great player, but you think of him more as a bottom six kind of forward, a defense first kind of a forward, and somebody that, you know, plays physical and establishes a tone. But they've both gotten opportunities to play with Artemi Panarin and Ryan Strom. Unfortunately, you know, you can't help but feel like, no matter who the Rangers put there right now, you can't help but feel like they could use an upgrade on the second line right wing spot. And of course, whenever Capo Caco gets back, that will represent an upgrade. Uh, but even with Caco eventually returning, I mean, we've got Alexi Lafreniere playing out of position on the right wing. The Rangers need a right winger. I've maintained this all along. Their biggest target at the trade deadline should be somebody that either predominantly plays right wing or somebody that can at least play the position because... And I've mentioned this in the past too, but I think it bears repeating. I think the Rangers would really benefit from going out and trading for a right winger who is just a bonafide sniper. Because you look at some of the passes, obviously, that Artemi Panarin makes. You look at some of the passes that Ryan Strom makes. Obviously, a lot of the times, you know, Adam Fox is going to be out there with that line as well. Can you imagine getting, you know, a, a true bonafide sniper? Somebody that can just really let it fly. Can you imagine some of the passes he would be getting and some of the one-timer opportunities that he would uh, receive as a result of playing on this line? 
nothing against Barkley Goodrow, nothing against Dryden Hunt. Those two players are not bonafide snipers by any stretch of the imagination, and they can't take advantage of the opportunity of playing with Artemi Panarin and Ryan Strom to the degree that, again, a bonafide sniper would be able to take advantage of that opportunity. And so, again, I think the Rangers, when it comes to the trade market, you're certainly looking at a right winger first and foremost, but ideally it's somebody that can absolutely snipe and maybe step in there on the second line right wing and, uh, you know, reap the benefits of playing with Panarin and with Strom. And when Capo Caco comes back, I mean, that's fine. Maybe he takes over uh, that second line right wing spot. Now, whichever player you acquire via a trade can maybe uh, play on the third line, be a sniper down there, give you some secondary scoring that the Rangers have mostly lacked this season. And we will continue breaking down these line combinations in just a second. So the other two Rangers that got moved around the lineup here are Greg McKaig and Barclay Goodrow. McKaig moves up from the fourth line to the third line, and Barclay Goodrow, as we talked about, drops from the second line down to the fourth line. They are both on the left wing. McKaig will be the left wing on the third line. Goodrow will be the left wing on the fourth line. As far as which one should be where, I think it's fine either way. You know, you look at the Ranger third line, and whichever player between McKaig or Goudreau is playing there is going to be sharing the ice with Philip Hedl and Julian Gauthier, two players that are not exactly known for their physicality. So I think for sure, you know, if you're going to have Hedl and Gauthier together, which, I mean, that's pretty much what the Rangers have to do, uh, then I think you definitely want somebody who can, you know, kind of win some board battles, do some of the dirty work, and try to get that third line going a little bit because they just have not been productive. You know, we've seen different iterations of the third line throughout the season, and depending on who's been there, they've shown flashes from time to time, but the Rangers right now are just not getting the secondary scoring. Hopefully it happens sooner rather than later. I think Philip Hedl has looked good since the All-Star break, and I definitely think it makes sense to have somebody physical playing with Hedl and Gautier, and they have that in Gray McKay. I would probably slightly prefer Barclay Goodrow to play there just because I think he has a little bit more offensive ability. Well, I, I know that he has more offensive ability than Gray McKay. And maybe, you know, Goudreau playing some hard-nosed hockey. I mean, Goudreau's got 10 goals this season, so let's not sell him short as far as offense is concerned. But I think Goudreau playing with Hedl and, and Gautier might make a little bit more sense. Then again, with Goudreau on the fourth line, your fourth line now looks uh, pretty, pretty stacked. You've got Goudreau, Rooney, and Reeves, all three of those those guys will hit. They'll throw their weight around. Goudreau maybe adds a little bit more thump to that fourth line as well. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I mean, I'm all for, you know, making this change. Like I said, you look at this lineup and the thing that really stands out is the Rangers right now just do not have a solution for who plays on the second line right wing spot. But hopefully uh, a solution will be coming in the form of a trade acquisition at some point. Shifting our attention to Rangers versus Capitals tonight. Both teams are going to be very fresh coming into this game. The Rangers have not played since Sunday, and the Capitals have actually not played a game since last Thursday. So, and that's almost too much time off. I think, you know, that situation kind of favors the Rangers. It's nice to have a little bit of a break every now and then. I don't know that you want a week off. I, I could see the Capitals maybe being a little bit rusty at the start of this game, and hopefully the Rangers can take advantage of that and start strong because, as we've noted, the Rangers, over their past handful of games, you know, however far you want to go back, say like the last six or seven games or so, I don't think that starting strong has been something that the Rangers have done very often. Now, I do think the Rangers started to rectify that situation in the game against the Senators. I know they gave up an early goal to Tim Stutzla, but... Um, you know, overall, I, I still thought they had a better start in that game. It seemed like they had their legs under them. They were focused. And that had actually been a point of emphasis from the coaching staff in the practice prior to that game. So hopefully uh, history can kind of repeat itself here and the Rangers can once again come out flying tonight and take advantage of a team that hasn't played in a week. And on top of that, get some much-needed payback against this Washington Capitals team who more or less had their way with the Rangers on opening night. Obviously, another question that's going to come up is, do the Rangers do anything regarding Tom Wilson? 
it's certainly possible, and I know a lot of people were critical of the Rangers for not going after Wilson on opening night, and, you know, I kind of uh, added my two cents to that as well. Opening night was rough for the Rangers, but by that same token, you can kind of uh, play the mind games with Tom Wilson. You know, is somebody going to come after me tonight? Am I going to have to drop the gloves with Ryan Reeves? What's going to happen? Uh, we'll see how it shakes out. Obviously, the Rangers still have to... Uh, Keep their head on a swivel as it pertains to Tom Wilson because you never know when his next atrocity is going to happen. But obviously, we'll keep our eyes on that throughout the night. Uh, we'll see if the Rangers end up doing anything there. But I think the biggest thing is let's go ahead and get two points off of these guys because the Rangers are currently in third place in the Metro Division. They have 69 points. They are four points ahead of the Washington Capitals. The Rangers also have two games in hand on the Capitals. So obviously winning this game would create even more separation, give the Rangers a little bit of breathing room, and uh, help them stay out of fourth place there. Because I don't think the Rangers, and I've talked about this in the past, you really don't want to finish in fourth place in this division because I do think the Carolina Hurricanes are going to win it. And I think that they probably also represent the most difficult first-round playoff matchup. And the Rangers can obviously help their chances of avoiding fourth place with a win here tonight. One other thing that I wanted to talk about here today, and it happened, you know, about a week and a half ago, but I think it bears talking about because I think it could indirectly affect the Rangers and how things go for them at or near the trade deadline this season. And I'm talking about the trade that sent Tyler Toffoli from the Montreal Canadiens to the Calgary Flames. Uh, Toffoli was acquired in exchange for two draft picks, Tyler Pitlick and Emil Heinemann. Emil Heinemann is a prospect, uh, but the picks that the Flames sent to the Canadians are their 2022 first round pick, which will probably be in the top 10, and their 2023 fifth round pick. The fifth round pick is kind of small potatoes, but, you know, I looked at this and I couldn't help but feel like this was kind of a lot to give up for Tyler Toffoli. And I mean, no disrespect to Tyler Toffoli. He is a former Stanley Cup champion with the Los Angeles Kings. He's a solid all-around player. He's played 76 career postseason games, so he had some experience to the Calgary Flames. And I get it from the Flames' perspective as well because, obviously, you know, they're leading their division right now. It's kind of their all-in season. This is Goudreau's last season. I mean, he's an unrestricted free agent. Maybe he ends up back with them, but he could be on his way. So I get it from the Flames' perspective. And I will bring this back to the Rangers. It'll make sense in a second. But I did feel like this was kind of a lot to give up for Tyler Toffoli. And if a player like Tyler Toffoli is getting you a first-round draft pick, as well as a player in Emil Heinemann, who was himself a former second-round draft pick by the Flames, plus another draft pick, plus another player in Tyler Pitlick. If Tyler Toffoli costs you that much, then I would imagine that players, you know, the, the big names, the big fish in the sea, so to speak, the guys like JT Miller, the guys like Claude Giroux, the guys like... Joe Pavelski, the guys like maybe even Mark Shifley becomes available because obviously this season has not really gone as planned for the Winnipeg Jets. I'm still skeptical that they would move him, but you get the idea. I was hoping as a Ranger fan that this might turn into something of a buyer's market this season, and I honestly thought that it could because when you look around the NHL right now, you look at the standings, and this is especially true of the Eastern Conference, but it's true of the NHL as a whole. It seems like, you know, there are teams that are at one extreme or the other. They're either definitely going to be in the playoffs or close to definitely going to be into the playoffs or they are hopelessly buried in the standings. If you look at the Eastern Conference, we've talked about this in the past as well, the eight playoff teams, there's a great divide between them and where they are in the standings. 
as compared to the eight teams that are not in playoff position in the Eastern Conference. In the Western Conference, it's not quite as extreme, but there's four teams right now that I think you can pretty much dig their grave. I mean, the Coyotes and Blackhawks, no chance as far as playoffs are concerned. The Kraken, no chance. And I would even throw the Sharks into that. The Sharks got off to a nice start this season, but they've only won one out of their last 10 games, and they're sinking like a stone in the sea. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's there's 12 teams right now that it looks like certainly going to be on the outside of the playoff picture looking in. And I just thought, you know, given the fact that there are so many teams that might look to be sellers, that the teams that are buyers might have a little bit of an edge. They might be able to get guys for less than they might have been able to get them in different seasons or less than they might have been able to get them if the standings were a little bit tighter than they currently are. But when you see Tyler Toffoli get the kind of return that he got for the Montreal Canadiens, I thought the Canadiens got a nice haul there. And I suppose it makes sense for both teams. If you're the Flames, maybe you're a little willing to overpay just a bit, given the fact that you're pushing all your chips in and going for a Stanley Cup this season. But be that as it may, that that felt like a lot. And I think it kind of set the stage for, you know, teams having to give up a lot uh, to acquire pieces at the trade deadline. And that might go for the Rangers as well. And that's why, again, you know, I've talked about how I think the Rangers are probably looking more at like a middle six type forward. I don't see them being big time players for the top, top tier guys uh, that could and likely will be available at the trade deadline this season. Just food for thought. And we'll continue to cover the trade deadline as we have on here. There's a couple other targets that I wanted to mention as it pertains to the Rangers, and we'll get to them in due time. Uh, but that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. In our next episode, we are going to be breaking down everything that happens between the Rangers and the Capitals tonight. Now make your second listen, Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Hosts Steel Rodine and Flip Livingston help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It is free and available wherever you get your podcasts.